And we are back for season three of the podcast. And you will notice a slight rebrand. We are now called Get Online. I'm very, very excited about today's guest. We have Mr. Simon Zucci, experienced investor, successful entrepreneur, best-selling author who is wildly recognized as the top property investing speaker in the UK. He became financially independent by the age of just 32. He's passionate about sharing his experience and Simon has founded the Property Investors Network, uh, which has grown to become the largest property networking organization in the UK. It's designed specifically to provide a supportive environment for people like you to network with and learn from other successful investors. He has a number one best-selling property book, Property Magic, and has taught thousands of entrepreneurs and business owners how to successfully invest in a tax-efficient way to create additional streams of passive income. Who would not be excited to learn what he has to share? Let's get on with the show and find out how Mr. Simon Zucci is using digital marketing to expand his business and investment portfolio. Hello, Simon. Welcome to the show. Hi, Stacey. Welcome, welcome. We're very excited to have you here today. Thank you. As you know, we are in a very strange time at the moment. Um, Lots of the world is in lockdown. And by the time this episode comes out, um, we will hopefully be starting to emerge and coming back into the real world. Um, Yeah, but we know that the world has changed, right? So um, I would love to know a little bit from you on, we know that digital marketing is not necessarily about abandoning traditional methods of marketing, but what do you see has changed over this period? and, And how do you see digital playing a role and, you know, in the current climate? Well, I think digital it has always been important and I think it becomes more increasingly so. And so we use a lot of traditional marketing, but we always back that up with digital marketing. And interestingly, I think a lot of businesses, when, when there's uncertainty or tough times, they actually cut back on their marketing and they maybe reduce the spending they do on traditional and also digital marketing. But that's, that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. You know, when there's uncertainty, you need to reach out there. And I believe, and I'm sure you can confirm this, but I believe that things like Facebook ads actually dropped in price because I think a lot of people decided not to advertise and Facebook still wanted the revenue. So they brought the price down to encourage people to obviously do more. And so now's the time to really get out there and step up your digital marketing. Yes, I love that. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I'd love to have you on every one of my sales calls moving forward. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Well, let's take it back a step. And uh, will you introduce yourself and, and explain a little bit more about your history and your background that kind of led to what it is that you do now? Yes, so uh, I had a very traditional background, if you like. Uh, I come from Kent. I went to uh, a pretty good grammar school, although I was a very average student next to a lot of bright kids. Actually, my hobby at the time was, was magic, and I, I didn't really enjoy school that much. I wasn't very academic, I wasn't very sporty, and, and actually I kind of thought, oh, I'm just going to finish my GCSEs and then, and then become a full-time magician. My parents said, well, look, why don't you just do your A-levels because that's always a good thing to have qualifications. So I kind of fell into that. And both of my sisters, older sisters were at university and then finished. And, and they said, oh, Simon, look, you, you're clever enough to go to university. You should absolutely go. And I said, but I don't know what I want to do. So look, it's not about that. It's about the, the experience and the, you know, it's just a great thing to do. So I kind of um, worked out, always been quite entrepreneurial and I wanted to do business studies, but I was a very average student. I probably wouldn't get the right kind of, qualifications so when they have popular courses they obviously raise the grades to get the very best students and I wasn't probably smart enough by conventional standards to get to do business 
So um, one of my sisters had actually done engineering, and I thought that was quite interesting. And, and I found out there was a course at Birmingham, which is a very good university, that did engineering and business. So it was kind of a backdoor way for me to get in, because engineering is not so popular, so the grades are a lot lower to get in. So I actually went to university, did a four-year course, and I fully anticipated what I'm going to get a good job, and then that's going to be me set for life. You know, you educate yourself, get a good job. That's the, the mindset, the brainwashing, if you like, that mm-hmm. I had bought into. Yeah. And finished university, I didn't actually have a job. I got a good degree, but because my A-levels weren't so great, every company has a filter system, and I didn't get any interviews at all. And I think one of the reasons was actually I probably didn't put enough effort in. I only did like seven applications. I applied to the biggest companies expecting to get a job, and no one even would interview me. That was a real low point in my life. I came out of university. I had no job. I was still living in Birmingham. I thought, well, I've got to shake myself up here. I've got to do something. And, and, and I realized that it was my fault. I didn't have a job. I just hadn't taken enough action. So I really committed. I said, look, I really want to get a good graduate job. That's what I thought about at university. Took massive action, did 37 application forms, and finally got a really good job at Cadbury's in Birmingham. And interestingly, I'd, I'd applied to them the year before, not even got an interview. Second time around, I got an interview. And actually, they said to me, they said, uh, oh, you've applied before, haven't you? And I said, yes, I have. And I said, oh, yeah, well, we you know, recognize your name and, and thought, oh, we'll bring you in this time for a chat, you know. And that was a really early lesson for me about persistence. Very often, you know, in digital marketing, relating it back to your listeners, right, people might try something and they don't get instant results. They go, oh, that doesn't work. And they don't realize that things do take some time and persistence. You've got to work at these things. So that was a really early lesson I got. And I, I took that job offer at Cadbury's and my life was set in 95. Like, Brilliant, got a job. As soon as I could, I bought a house. I bought it in Selly Oak, just next to Birmingham University, where I'd been studying. I knew the area, had friends in the area. And I, I kind of just bought a house that was big enough, not just for me, but for a couple of friends to live in as well. I like living with other people. And, and I worked out the rent they would pay me would cover the cost of the mortgage and the bills. So I kind of lived for free. Mm. Um, and I was at Cadbury's and loving that. And I, I was set for life. I was going to stay there for life and have a brilliant job. And who knows, become a director of energy. That's the kind of career I, I'd set because as a graduate, you're on a fast track scheme. And interestingly, uh, I, I loved that. But part-time, I was running student nightclub events in Birmingham. It's something I started when I was at school, and then I did a couple at university, and then I was kind of dragged back into this business. And, and actually, that was great fun, and it made good money. And what happened was I was able to have enough money to buy a second house, put the deposit down anyway. So I moved out of my first house, slightly closer to Cadbury's, which is in Bourneville, the next suburb from Selly Oak, and I kept the first house. And that's when I had this real light bulb moment Stacey because I realized when you own a property it's a bit like having your own cash machine and basically what happens is the rent that comes in every month if you buy wisely is the insurance the maintenance the maintenance because I don't manage any of my points myself I have other people doing that and at the end of the month there's some money left over for you and that's the the profit you can make and it can be can be relatively passive if you have other people doing the work and that's just directly relevant to people who've got online businesses because you know if you set up a really good funnel you, you do the work once and you can get rewarded for life for that so you can do the same thing in a, in a digital uh, world as well and then um i thought this was pretty amazing that i was getting income without having to work so i started to speed up buy some more and by the way i knew nothing about property 
I, I lived in them, but none of my family had ever invested. None of my friends were investing. So it was quite a lonely journey. And mm. this was really kind of as the internet was just starting. So there, there weren't the resources that were available now to people. I was really learning on my own, making mistakes. And, and that's, that's a good way to learn, but it's expensive and it's frustrating as well. But I, I kind of did okay because it got to the point where 2001, I'd actually managed to earn enough to leave my full-time job at Cadbury's. And that was, that was a really hard decision because I actually really liked Cadbury's. I liked the people. I liked the work. I liked the product, obviously. I love chocolate. But <laughs> I kind of, I didn't like having to get up early in the morning and have to go to work and only have a certain amount of time for holiday. Mm. Whereas now I, I actually enjoy getting up early, but it's because I want to get up rather than have to get up. So there's a real freedom when, when working for yourself and having your own control of your own diary. There are some challenges that come with that as well, but, but, it, but it's incredible. I, mean, I guess many people listening to this may well have their own business and they, and they kind of understand that. They appreciate Absolutely. it. Mm-hmm. So I left my work. I was doing my property kind of part-time. I was doing my club stuff part-time and just enjoying life. And then in 2002, I had a leaflet come through my door saying, hey, do you want to be a property millionaire? And so direct mail shot. And I looked at it and thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And yeah, I'm in property and property makes money. And it's a free talk. Why don't I go along to this free talk? And actually, a couple of years before I started investing myself in my own personal development, and I, I knew the value of investing in myself. So I went on to this free talk. And, and sure enough, I knew some of the stuff. There's a lot of common sense there. But they talked about one or two things that I'd never even thought about. And I thought, that's interesting. Then I made an offer to go and do a, a three-day training course. And I went with my girlfriend at the time. And it was brilliant. you know. And again, some of the stuff we knew, there's a lot of common sense in property. But actually, I learned stuff I didn't know before. And it inspired me. And I went out and I took action. I bought some properties as a result of that training. And that's pretty cool. The biggest problem was that I was on my own. And it was great being on the course. But then when I left, I kind of like, okay, well, what do I do now? And, and there was no kind of support. So in 2003, I went online and I basically decided to see if there's some sort of networking group. Now, now there are hundreds of networking groups, but then there was absolutely nothing. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. So I did nothing about it. And then a few months later, I went online. Oh, there's got to be someone doing something. There was nothing at all. So I thought, okay, well, one, I set up a networking group here in Birmingham, nice and local. And the idea was to, to meet other people like me who are wanting to invest in property because my friends were all working. They didn't get it. My family didn't get it. I wanted like-minded people from whom I could learn. It was really, it was self-serving at first because I wanted to learn from other people. I think we started a group of about five or six people in the first meeting and it's people I kind of knew and, and they told other people and people would come along and, and I learned stuff from other people. But people said to me, Simon, how come you don't have to work? And I said, well, I do. I do my property and I do my, my club. So I said, no, no, you don't go to work. This is in 2000. How come you don't have to go to work? So I started to teach people what I had done, and that's when I realized actually I love to teach. And then people said, Look, you know, and they're coming to these pin meetings, the property investor network once a month. Say, This is really good, but it's taken a long time to learn. Can you like, can you like maybe run a day or something to teach us how to do that? And I said, Well, I suppose. And I thought, Well, I don't know how I'm going to fill a day because I don't know that much. (laughs) Um, And I put on a day and I loved it. I got great feedback. And that's how I started training people how to invest. So I never really intended to do that. It's just kind of came about. And actually, you know, Stacey, people sometimes say to me, why why do you train people now? You don't need to. And I don't need to train. Yeah. But here's here's a really important distinction on what people to get. 
when you get to a point that you can replace your income, whether that's from property or maybe you've got some digital business that creates an income for you or whatever it might be, when you have an income coming in so that you don't have to go to work, whether it's for someone else or in your own business, you don't have to do that. It's really a, an interesting time because you work out what do you want to be doing? What are you passionate about? And yeah. if you do stuff you love, A, it doesn't feel like work. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm loving speaking to you about this. It doesn't <laughs> feel like work. And if, and if you do enough and you get good at it, guess what? People will pay you as well. Yeah, exactly right. That's awesome. And so I do this because I love it. And, and I particularly love, actually, when people come to me and, and you know, you've done some training with us, Stacey, you know, and, and yeah. told me how much you got out of it. And I love it when I hear people have gone and got some results. And they've done the work. I've not done it, but we've been a catalyst. We've given them the knowledge. We've given them the belief, the inspiration. And I get a real buzz that I know I'm making a difference by helping that person. And that's, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't buy that. That's just really rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. We can see that that value kind of it runs as a, a vein right the way through what you do at Property Investors Network and then obviously with your training mastermind program too. So yeah. I, I think a couple of things that you've just said there, Simon. So, you know, obviously that whole journey of being almost like an accidental landlord at the beginning and an almost accidental, I guess, trainer or, or property person when you decided to start running those one day workshops, it's then turned into this um, empire that we see today. But what I <laughs> yeah. think is awesome about that is it's, you've just, it's, it's a fundamental of running a business, isn't it? You've identified a problem or you've identified yeah. something that was missing and you built something and created something that solved that problem. Absolutely. And- there, was, there was no networking at the time. And you know, I was going to breakfast networking meetings for my business. And I'm sure many people listening have been to those. And they're great. You, you, you meet other solopreneurs and, and you, meet, you give people referrals. And I met a great accountant, a great solicitor, a great mortgage broker. Everyone I needed for my property business, I met through networking, which was great. The biggest problem, though, none of them actually owned any investment properties. They had their own homes, but no investors. They they didn't really get what I was going through, Mm. and I wanted that support. And I think support and environment is so important. I learned that from Tony Robbins back in the year 2000, and I wasn't getting it. So I thought, it's not there. Why not create it? So I I thought if I needed it, maybe other people need it as well. I think that's a great philosophy as a business owner, Sometimes people come up with an idea where no one really wants it, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and actually, you can use digital to test the market. You can come up with an idea. You can put something out there and very quickly get some feedback from the market. Is this yeah. a good idea to do or not? Totally. Well, I think actually it's a, a good point about digital too because I think what that helps a lot of businesses to do is recognize that quicker than they might have maybe in a more traditional age. What I mean by that is exactly. things happen really quickly and things go viral and you get a lot of awareness very quickly or you don't. And if you don't, there's probably a reason why. <laughs> so um, that's like a whole nother thing that I think we could go down on. But yeah, I think a couple of things that have stood out to me. So I guess to tell our listeners a bit about my background with you too, because as you mentioned, I have done some of your training and there's a couple of things that I just absolutely love about your business model and what it is that you do. And for those listening, everybody knows I own a digital marketing agency and I three or four, it must be almost five years ago, is it? 2016, where are we? 2020, yeah. So about 2015, 2016, I bought a property uh, with some of the profit from my business and uh, started to get a really great return on it and thought, oh, this is quite good. This is something I should be doing more regularly. But I'd done that in New Zealand, which is where I'm originally from. Obviously, I run my business here in the UK, have lived here for 14 years and thought I should really be doing this locally or I should be doing this nearby so that I have a little bit more control and you know can get more involved in it 
and quickly realized that I didn't understand anything about the UK property market. Some of the laws were really different. Just the way people buy and sell houses was really different. In New Zealand, we're very auction focused, which wasn't really, you know, things it's, it's moving that way here, I think now, but it, it's, it's not a big thing here. There's just a lot of different things that I just didn't understand about property taxes and I just didn't understand the market. So I was thinking, God, what do I do? How do I, how do I learn this? And so I, mm. I started to do a little bit of research online and I read some books and I'd actually, I don't know how much of this, you know, actually, but I had attended some property training with an, another property training company. Okay. Yeah. Who I will not name, but I got some really good pieces of information off the first meeting that I went to. I then actually signed up to do a three day uh, course on property training and the information was amazing but I didn't like the people, like not even a mm. little bit. And I'm a people person. Like I really try to find the best in people and I'm pretty good at building relationships. And I really struggled with the environment. It felt very salesy. It felt very aggressive. Um, mm. There was a very high pressure selling to the next thing, you know, to go and do the, whatever the next, you know, big training course was. And actually on day three, when I'd sort of said, actually, you know what, I'm, I am quite interested in doing more training, but I'm not going to decide today because I do need to think and I do need to process and I need to decide because, you know, for me, property wasn't going to be my full-time job. I have a whole business that I run and I, this is a sort of a, a long-term investment opportunity for me. So I needed the time yes. and I was met with quite a disgusting and quite aggressive, just put down, told I will, I will fail if I'm not willing to make a decision. Indecisiveness is not what gets you success. It was just so aggressive and awful. Mm. I walked away from that, Simon, and I was just like, oh God, like if this is what yeah. property missing is, like, this, this is not this for is me. Why, this is why the, the property training business, unfortunately, sometimes gets a bad name because mm-hmm. of unfortunate operators like that no, it's true. Um, yeah. who, who use strong arm tactics to persuade people to do things no, it, they should it really was quite awful and actually i'm getting quite like a bodily reaction now even just thinking about it like i feel quite yeah. angry still even sort of five years mm-hmm. later anyway what was very lucky about that situation is i did actually have a friend of mine who was also doing some property investing and had chatted to him and, and he said no i you know i have actually heard the same thing about that company he's like but He's like, I'm actually attending these networking events with a company called Pint. You should come, you know, check them out. It's very different, but the people are amazing and they're achieving amazing things. And so I thought, okay, cool. Like I didn't want to just give up on it just because someone had been really rude to me. So yeah. I actually ended up attending um, Pin in, I think it was Blackfriars and um, in London. And it was amazing. And the speakers were amazing and the people were friendly and people were just handing advice out left, right and center. And I was like, oh God, this is great. Yep. And so I thought, oh, they've got a training program, a 12-month program where they teach people how to do this. Because, And why I was looking at it at the time was I run a business full-time. Like I don't have a lot of time to educate myself. You know, although, you know, people can say you can go out and learn it. I just, I was like, I don't have time. I, I just want to listen to people who have done this, who know what they're doing. So I was really mm-hmm. looking for a training. Yeah, I heard about this 12-month program, your mastermind program. And, and actually, I chatted to one of the... Um, team members there and they told me all about it and then it was really busy networking buzz 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 and um she'd actually turned around and started talking to someone else and I was like oh but hold on like I'm ready I'm ready to sign up and just almost like the level of indifference was so attractive like I was kind of like I'm chasing it you know and so of course I signed up and I did your mastermind program but you know that for me was just and obviously now you know I've for how long has it been four years now since I did that 
and I now speak on the circuit on your at a lot of different events that you run and yep. I really enjoy that and I still love the people you know I think yes. you've attracted a caliber of people that is really really different and people that are willing to give value and share their knowledge and yep. are actually getting results and I think creating a, a business with a culture like that is no easy feat so mm. I think firstly congratulations on that because I think that's well, incredible. You. It has, has taken a long time. It's you know we started in two thousand and three, and sometimes people look at Penn and we've got fifty one meetings around the country. And think oh that's I could do that. It, you know we've been doing this a very long time, and of course we want to encourage people to do our training because we believe that when they do the training they're going to be far more successful than trying to do it on their own. But we don't we don't use strong arm tactics, no, yeah. and it, it frustrates me when people use a label think oh all property education is salesy and bad well no it isn't you know and um do you know what though i think things are changing like really they are and i think we're going through a shift in time where i think people are driven more by their own personal values and it's not about you know the sort of old you know um What's the, the the movie that everyone talks about? The Jordan Belfont sort of like um Wall uh, Street type style like yeah. that is going out the window. People just don't resonate with that anymore. It's yeah. very much this. I think there's a new culture, you know, in mm. in the younger generation where people want to feel more community. They want to feel more connected. They want to share. Everything. It's about lifting other people up with you, not about stamping all over them. I think that is a, as a massive shift. So, I want to yeah. ask you a question about this because you do give away a lot of value for free. So, you know, Absolutely. I see you've got your webinars, obviously with the pin meetings. Pe- you've got people sharing content. Yeah. You've got fifty-two pe- meetings across the, meetings around the country. yeah around the country. Yeah. yeah, absolutely every month. So that's a yeah. lot of content that is being shared yeah. with people. And, you know, it's anyone can come to that for the first time for free. And we, at the end, we might mention how they could do that if they want to come and try it out. And it's it's twenty pounds to go along. And I'm sure you would agree, the value they get for twenty pounds is just phenomenal. yeah, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about why have you formulated that way? I mean, why? How are you that comfortable giving away that much value well, for free? Well, so you know, it's interesting. And, and and this is bringing this back to anyone who's trying to do stuff online digitally. Um, you know, we do, I put a lot of free content out. So I have a YouTube channel. We've got regular videos on there. I have a, a podcast called the Property Magic Podcast. Region Property, go and check that out. Uh, we do lots of webinars. And, and you know, when we do a webinar, it's usually free. There might be an offer at the end, which you don't have to take. We don't do a hard sell. If you want to take it, great. If you don't, no problem, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like if, if you listen to three free of charge webinars, don't buy. We're not going to let you on again. And we don't do that because I recognize it's about building relationships. And there are some people who they, they do their research, they, they come and check us out and they say, yeah, I want to do it right now. Brilliant. Great. And there's some people, you know what? It might not be the right timing, stuff's going on in their life. And we just want to be, we've been here for such a long time, continually mm-hmm. giving support. We're here when people are ready, basically. Yeah. And my view is if you give great content out and people recognize it's real value, they kind of think in their head, wow, if all this is for free, what do I get when I'm paying for it? Yeah. Now, would you like a secret here, Stacey, that might help everybody listening to this? Always, always. I believe you should give some of your best content away, right? Give your best stuff away because you want to impress people. You want to help them. And hey, look, if they can take action on the free stuff and get results, well, that's really good. You put some good karma out there and it's going to come back to you many, many times over. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality and here's the problem. Sometimes when people try and learn for free, 
that there's almost too much information out there. There's sometimes conflicting information. And let's face it, anybody can put a YouTube video up, can do a podcast, whatever. Yeah. And you don't know what their experience is. You know, there are lots of people who they might have done some property training themselves. They've gone and got some results. And they pop up and suddenly they're trying to coach, mentor, or trainer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong at all. But the fact is they just haven't got the depth of noise. They might have been only investing three or four years themselves. Yeah. And, and the way they kind of get away with it is being just one or two properties ahead of the people they're helping. Yeah, and, right. And that's okay. But the problem is they just don't have the depth to guide people through. And mm-hmm. we give away a lot of information. But actually, when you come on a training and you're investing in yourself and what you're doing is you're, whatever that training might be, you're spending some time and money, but you're getting then decades of learning experience condensed and organized for you so you know the right stuff to do and you know how to apply the stuff. That's what you get when you come and invest in yourself. And often, you know, we we have a three-day course, The Accelerator, where we teach all the strategies from the year-long program. And many people come on that. And that's all they need. They go off and do it themselves. And there's not a hard time. I think we spend 20 minutes talking about the next level. And if you want to do it, great. If you don't, no worries. But actually, a lot of people, when they've done that, again, because they've got so much value when we haven't done a hard sell, they kind of recognize that they could do it on their own with everything we shared. But they recognize coming on Mastermind and getting the the coaching, getting the support, getting the accountability, they would achieve so much more, much quicker than trying to do it on their own, even if they could do it on their own. Smart smart people recognize that time is their most valuable asset. You can earn more money, but you can never get more time. So by investing in yourself, which by the way, is always the best investment, followed very closely by property, of course, course, course. is is that you are are buying your time. You're buying decades of learning from someone else as long as they have a long time. And it's exactly the same in digital stuff, right? You know, if I want to learn anything. So, you know, one of the reasons you've asked me, because we do a lot of digital marketing and we're doing more and more. And, and I'm learning that. I, I, I invest with people. If I'm going to learn something, I don't try and work it out myself. I basically go and go and find whoever I think is the best in the world. And that sometimes means traveling to places around the world. Obviously, mm-hmm. right now we're doing lots of virtual stuff, but I will spend money to buy training, for travel, for accommodation, because I'll get the knowledge. I'll, uh, and if you go and attend a course, you get a, a condensed amount of time. You're really focused, not distracted by other things. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come away, I'll implement it. Now I've got team running for me. Sometimes I'll come to someone like you, Stacey, and I'll say, actually, I can't know what I'm doing, but I'd rather you do it because that's a better use of my time and you're a real expert. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think, well, I, you know, I'm, you're speaking to the converter with me because obviously I've done exactly the same thing with you where I've gone, okay, yeah. actually, I could go learn the property stuff on my own, but I don't have time and I don't, uh, you know, I don't have the discipline necessarily. So I just want to come and I want you to tell me these are the different strategies. These are the different opportunities. Here's how to stack a deal. Here's how to do this. Go away and do here it. The, and here like, are the cool. expensive mistakes you need to avoid the most Exactly, people- yeah. And you've given yeah. me the structure and all that kind of stuff. So I love that you've just said that. Value, value, value. Just keep giving it away. Don't be afraid yeah. of Give that. Because- Don't worry about it, you know, because, and, you know, if you just help some people, well, that's great. But I think a lot of people recognize it's good quality information. Yeah. Um, you know, people read my book and I've had people go out and buy property just reading a book. And that's a fraction of what I could teach them, but there's really good stuff in there. Yeah, um, there is. Yeah. And, I've read and, it twice and, I, and, and then I refer back to it often so I can, you know, I can. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's always good to, re- to go back and repeat stuff because you sometimes miss things the first time around because yeah. a, you can't take everything in and also you're in a different place than when you first you know, read the book or watch the movie, whatever it was, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, there's a few things I think that you've just touched on there that sound 
really good. And what I mean, when we're talking about value, I think that's, I, I totally agree with you. And I absolutely resonate with what you've said. I think I'm certainly one of those people that at the beginning of my business journey felt afraid to give away content. You know, I thought, oh, every competitor is watching me and every competitor is going to steal what I'm doing and try to replicate it. And, and, and that, I, that does happen sometimes. I, you know, I, I've been, it's amazing how many people are teaching property and, and they're people that I've actually trained or mm. they ripped off some of our stuff. But don't worry about it. Because yeah, don't worry what, about it. Exactly. It's never the same. And, and I've had people who have gone and seen someone else speak. They found out that I trained them. They come to me because they want to learn from the horse's mouth. They don't want a diluted version. Sure. Yeah. Great point, actually. And I think that's it. It's, it's people want the structure. And I, I just had a bit of a light bulb moment, actually, as you were saying that, which was, I was trying to think about why was I scared about that? And I think it was a little bit of, you know, worrying competitors are going to steal things. And, and actually, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said people, when they can see how much value they get for free, then they're willing to pay for even more. And I've yeah. experienced the same thing. It's like, if I can show you, here are the six steps to implementing a digital marketing campaign. And this is how we do it. And here's some of the apps that we use in our agency. And I literally make it so dummy proof that anybody could go and do it. They have so much more respect for our, for even myself or my business or the agency that they then want to either refer people to us or when they are at the moment in time where they're like, right, actually it's a better investment to pay for someone else's time rather than use my own time. Then we are the go-to per, per people. So I totally agree with everything you've just, yeah, you've just said yeah. on that. It took me a long time to get there. You know, I think it's probably been the last five or six years in business where now I'm just like, give it away. And people yeah. still say to me now, like, God, you give a lot away. God, you give a lot of content away. Like, are you sure you want to tell people that you use that app? You know, you could charge for that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, this is how I win business. I show people, this is, this is my process. This is how I do it. Yeah, that's it. Trust and, and credibility over time as well. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think, because obviously, you know, I think when you kind of get under the surface of what it is that you do, you do start to see, okay, you've got the book there. You've got, you know, a web, you've got your webinars, you've got your email campaigns, you've got your events, you've got your podcast, you've got your blogs. Like there's a lot going on that is not easily replicatable. It takes Um, time. It takes time and, you know, there's a lot of investment happening in the back of that to, for you to win the business. It's not, you know, people don't just spot you one time and make a decision. No. And sometimes people look at what you charge for training and think, wow, you're making a lot of money. And, and yeah, we, I do make money for my training. I make no bones about that. But actually, they kind of forget that you've got a business that costs X amount to run because all the staff and the office, all those things. And they, they, kind of, they, 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 they add up the multiplication. They don't take away the subtraction or the cost and things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They just look at the, the headline figure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the thing is anybody who's ever run a business understands that's not a reality, right? So I think if you're experienced enough to have run a successful business, at least, you know that all the ins and outs <clears> of you know expenses that are involved and what you need to be looking after. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense. So tell me a little bit about... I guess the property industry itself, because it's changed a lot, right? There's cycles yeah. it goes through. I mean, yeah. if, uh, to even say, tell me how it's changed the last 10 years, I think we'd maybe be here a bit too long. But if you've got sort of a couple of headline things and things of how it's changed and so how you, what you think yes. is going to happen next. So like any market, the property market is a cyclical market. There'll be sometimes when it's booming and going up, then you will have a correction and things will come down and have a, a depression for a while and then we'll recover again. So that's, that's a, a market change happening in all markets. I guess the interesting thing for me, particularly about the UK property market, is that we live on this island that's a limited amount of accommodation. It's fairly highly populated compared to many places in the world. 
uh, in terms of density. And there's a limited amount of accommodation available. There is not enough accommodation in this country. And we have an increasing, growing population. That's due to more increased birth rates, longer life expectancy. So what this means is, over time, the demand for accommodation is going up. Supply is not keeping up, which is why, over the long term, in the UK, property prices rise and also rents go up as well. So what this means is if you're holding property for the long term, it's one of the best ways to create wealth. And what you're doing, Stacey, is very smart. People who are making money in business, a great thing to do is invest some of that money in an asset that's going to create more money and more income rather than just leave it in the bank where, frankly, it's devaluing because inflation is higher than the interest rate. I, I had a, um, a letter from, I won't say which bank it was from, a, I have a number of different bank accounts, different <laughs> banks. And I had a letter from a bank, one, one who actually, I'm, I'm slowly closing my accounts because I'm just thoroughly disappointed with them. Mm. And they were saying uh, how they're changing their interest rates that they pay on their savings accounts. And they have a rate for instant access, a rate for 30 days and a rate for 90 days access. And they have, you know, up to 250,000, up to five. And then over a million pounds, you have a million pounds in your bank, which I know not everyone does, but that's a substantial amount of money, okay? Mm-hmm. Guess how much the bank were prepared to pay someone who's got a million pounds on a 90 day. So it's not even instant access. You've got to give them 90 days notice to access the money. Where Bank of England base rate right now is 0.1%. Mm. Okay. Guess how much they were paying, Stacey? I don't even know. It's going to make me want to cry, I'm sure. 0.01%. 0.01%. It's like the lowest amount of interest they can actually pay you pretty pretty much without just paying you nothing and you kind of think why would anyone leave their money in a bank so doing what you're doing is taking some real profit you need some money in the business for cash flow obviously and have some buffer but investing excess cash is is a really smart thing to do recognizing that when the market comes down people think well maybe i should wait until it hits the bottom and then buy. And in theory, that's a great idea. The practice is that, well, first of all, no one knows when we're going to hit the bottom. Yeah, Stacey, right. if you're going to hit the bottom, come and see me and we'll both make a lot of money. But the reality is no, no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. Yeah, exactly. And then when it does hit the bottom and everybody, i.e. the press, the general public, think the prices are coming up, all owners then have an element of hope value. They think and hope someone's going to come and pay more for their property than it's worth because the market's going up. So if you actually know what you're doing, when, when it's a down market, it's actually easier to get better deals than when the market's going up. Now, you can, you can get deals all the time, no matter what the market's doing, once you know what to do. But actually, there are more deals available when the market's coming down. So mm. contrary to belief and, and being doing the opposite of what the masses might do. Right now, as we record this, a lot of people might think, oh my God, property not a good thing to do. Those of us like you and me who know what we're doing, I'm really excited because there are some great opportunities. And again, as a business owner, you talked about spotting a problem, filling the need. The problem we solve as property investors is there are people who need to sell properties we come up with ethical win-win services. It's not about trying to take advantage of people. Mm. It's about, and, and you know that's come through from our training. Yeah. We want to genuinely find people who've got a problem. And if we can solve that problem and help those people, they're more likely to give us what we want and they get what they want. So it's a true win-win. 
Yeah. Um, so it's not about trying to find people who are desperate and ripping them off. It's actually about finding people and trying to come up with a practical solution. And there are always going to be those motivated sellers, as we call them, mm-hmm. but there are even more right now. So, so an interesting thing about the market is recognizing when most people might be running for the hills, that's actually a really good time to invest. And I'll relate it back to 2009, 2010, when we had the property crash in 2008, 2009, you know, most people were running away trying to sell property. My students and myself were investing then, stuff we picked up then at really good prices, it's all pretty much doubled in the last 10 years. Mm. Um, and, and that's what it's about. It's about recognizing that if you have the specialist knowledge, you are at a competitive advantage to someone who's listening to the media who might think property is not a good thing right now. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. a couple of people I'll have to refer to you because actually in the last week alone, I've had two clients, um, not property related. They're actually just, they run businesses that we do their digital marketing for, have approached me and said, I know you do some investing. Like I need some advice. Like now I feel like is the time I should be doing something, but I don't know what to do. Now is apt. So the next 12 months is going to be a great time to buy as long as you know what you're doing. That's the caveat, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, tell us some of the new stuff that I guess is happening at PIN. So you've, in the, just the last year, I think you've launched the blog and the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yes. that. And, and why did you decide to do that? Well, so, um, you know, I, I, so actually going back a long time, you know, one of the reasons I left Cadbury's was um, in, as I started, I started investing myself and, and educating myself actually in about 1998. And I went on a training course. I started listening to audio cassettes, as they were, by a company called mm-hmm. Nightingale Conant, who were kind of mm-hmm. personal development things. And I, I listened to uh, something by a guy called Jay Abraham, who's an American marketeer. And I actually then attended my first paid event was in 1998. It's about £3,000 for a four day course. It was a huge amount of money to me at that point, mm-hmm. you know couple of months worth of no probably a month and a bit's worth of salary at that time but I realized that because I had my business running my student nightclub events it was a part-time business I could put the training through the business and the business can pay for the training so I could reduce the amount of profit I make reduce the amount of tax and, and be investing in myself so that's kind of a distinction I had um, so that's why training is really good because you can offset it through your business as well. Yeah. Don't don't pay for if you are listening, a business owner, do not pay for training out of your pocket because that's income you've been taxed on. Pay for it out of your business profits because that's before tax mm-hmm. and it's got to be relevant training. But the, you know, obviously, yeah. And I went on that and I learned all about marketing. I learned about things like risk reversal, giving values. That was a, I've used stuff from that training for the last 20 plus years. And I've made millions and millions and millions of pounds for that investment I made. So it's one of the best things. That's why I'm still continually investing myself because I know investing myself is the best thing to do. And then he actually, he was a traditional direct mail marketeer. And he realized that actually this internet was coming and he, he didn't know what he was doing. So he, this was genius. He got together the industry experts at the time. This was in 2000. This is very early days of the internet. He pulled some industry experts together, put a four-day event together where he was interviewing them and finding out what they were doing online. So he was educating himself at the same time and learning himself, whilst all these people are also sitting in, had paid, I think that probably was $5,000 that course. Mm. I had to fly to LA to do it. And what a smart way to learn, right? And actually, sometimes when people do podcasts, they are interviewing great people and learning from those people as well as providing value to other people for free. So anyway, so I learned about digital marketing and internet marketing in 2000. And I went back to Cadbury's and I said, "Um, you know what? 
uh, I'm, I'm thinking about leaving because I had an idea of creating a digital business for students uh, called uh, Events Email. And it's an, a modern day equivalent. It's a bit like, I don't know, a bit like a Groupon, I suppose. And, and the idea was that I would go to the universities, collect a load of email, and any, anyone would give you an email address then. You know, it's yeah. a normal. <laughs> Print email. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the idea was to uh, actually then tie in with local nightclubs, bars, and restaurants, and then and let them send the students an email once a week saying, hey, here's what's happening in your city. And kind of like an events listing, they could get vouchers and things that go to the event and I'd get paid by the venue for putting people into the venue, basically. Okay. This, I was way ahead of my time. I'd missed the, 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 the uh, dot-com bubble, but I was way ahead of my time. And so, and I didn't manage the business properly, to be fair. So that was the idea. And, and actually when I left Cadbury's in 2001, that's kind of what I set up. And, and it didn't last very long because I wasn't managing people properly and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I went back to Cadbury's and said, look, I'm going to leave because, you know, I do my club stuff and I'm going to do that. And I was on the graduate scheme and I was mentored through by, I finished the graduate scheme, but I was mentored by one of the directors. And she said to me, Simon, you know, you've got a great career here. You should stay here. Why do you want to do it? And I said, I want to, I want to go and do this. And, and she said, oh, that's interesting. We at Cab, we are doing a project to see if Cadbury's can sell chocolate online. Because Thornton's mm. had got a real march and, and, and were already doing online sales. There's a new team. Would you like to, would that be of interest? And I said, well, that'd be brilliant because I really love the internet and the possibility of the internet. So I actually didn't leave Cadbury's. I joined the internet marketing team yeah. and we set up something called Cadbury's Gifts Direct, which was a trial for Cadbury's Schweppes of having a kind of a, a home delivery service. And it, it still exists today, but it, we realised, unfortunately, Cadbury's, you go down to the local garage to buy a box of roses or a box of meat. It mm. wasn't the kind of the quality perception, the, the handmade feeling that Thornton's had. So it, it wasn't really quite right. I actually got that job because I'd invested in myself. So I sat down in this interview and there was a lady, a lady called Lynn, lovely lady. She was in HR. And in, two, in 1997, she'd been given the internet as a project, right? That was a, <laughs> Can you internet, imagine? It was a thing then. And yeah. obviously the internet grew and, and Cadbury's had used a great digital agency, Lemitis. Well, they'd built a lovely looking website. They were spending a lot of money. Anyone who was doing digital marketing agencies then were making a huge amount of money because these big companies needed this stuff. And she said, well, we've got a great website. What, what can you teach me about internet marketing? And I said to her, I said, well, it's a lovely website, but there's a major problem you're missing out on. She looked a bit offended. Remember, this is in 2000, mm. right? And I said, how many visitors do you have? We have this many thousand visitors coming every month. And I said, great. And um, the one mistake you're making, you're not capturing any of their details. Mm. What do you mean? And this, this might sound obvious now to anyone in internet marketing, right? They had no data capture form, no opt-in form on their website. And these are people who were going to the website. It was all novel in the year 2000. They love Cadbury's. They love chocolate. Do you think they would have been happy to give their email, to get an email, uh, email address, to get an email twice a month about latest Cadbury products, about special offers, vouchers? Do you think they'd like that? Of mm. course they would have liked that. And they had no data capture. Yeah. And so by going and spending four days in LA on this course, I learned stuff like this. So I had a real competitive advantage. The digital marketing agent that was charging tens of thousands of pounds a month to Cadbury's didn't know this stuff. And this is where investing in yourself, again, I know I keep yeah. coming back to this, but no, no. Yeah. this is how you get a competitive advantage. 
by investing yourself and learning stuff that other people just don't know. And because of that, I got a job on that internet marketing team and I got a pay rise and I did that for a year. Then I eventually left in 2001 once the project had finished. So I think it's, just, really it's a days of the internet. No, it's really interesting. I've actually never heard you tell that story before. So that's uh, really... Well, I don't normally mention it. It's kind yeah. of relevant to No, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just made me think as well, you know, this, these are the sorts of things where we, as business owners, no matter what industry we're in, we need to be constantly upskilling. We need to be constantly adopting new things that are coming out and new processes and new ways of capturing the attention of people. Um, yeah. You know, obviously technology is on a huge sort of ride upwards and that's, and you know, AI and everything that's going to come with that. And I think a lot of businesses still are scared even of, you know, social media, of uh, email marketing, of anything sort of digital. Some, you know, there's a lot of brands out there that still don't even have websites and it's, you know, mm-hmm. this is 2020. It seems yeah. kind of crazy. I actually have, um, I think in the introduction of my book, Get Online, I, there's a comment there that people always pick up on, which the 60% of five-year-olds today, I think it was actually 2018 when I wrote that, so 60% of five-year-olds will have jobs that don't yet exist by the time they yeah, graduate. That's crazy, isn't it? Would you think it's crazy? But when you, when you think about it, you know, the internet wasn't, a, it wasn't we didn't even have the internet in, ho- in homes when I was in school. So, yeah. and now I run a digital marketing agency. I wouldn't have even known what that was. So yeah. it's not that far-fetched. I talk about it not to scare people, but to just say that we can't use, you know, I've always done it this way and my business model was okay. And we can't just be comfortable with that. I think if we want to be successful, we have to continue to, as you say, invest in yourself, look at ways of adapting your business, yeah. look at yeah, ways of... Right. That's it. Exactly it. And so I think, um, you know, it's not, this is not me trying to scare everybody into saying you have to use digital marketing, but it's like, just start, just start, you know, learning about it. If you're not Mm. even doing it yet, like that now is the time that you, unfortunately, if you plan to run a business in the next, beyond the next five to 10 years, then it is something you, you truly do have to understand and adopt. I guess as we kind of head towards so, the end of, like, I mean, what? So I just, one final, sorry, one final thing. So coming back to you, because I went slightly off on a tangent. I hope that was relevant. No, but it, was, it was really The question was, you. why am I doing all this podcasting? And so yeah, yeah. we've known about internet marketing for a long time. And we've used it. In fact, the very first mastermind program we used, we used a, a way of, we used a, a, an online launch to launch mm. that. So a couple of things I want to say. Sometimes we do things and they work. And then for some reason, we stop doing them. We just do other stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lesson I try and give all my property investors, look, think back to what, what you did that did work and keep doing that and keep adapting and changing. And I'm, I'm very conscious that I've got some competitors in this industry who actually, I don't think have as good a quality training as us, but you know what? They have better marketing than us. Mm. And very often I hear, and in fact, I know the company you were talking about that we haven't mentioned, you went to first. I think they used to have better marketing than us. And, and so many times I've heard people say, oh, I wish I heard about Mastermind before I did this or that or that. Mm. I thought, you know what? I am not serving people properly if I'm not making sure they know about this. They can, I need to let them know about it so they can make an informed decision. And so part of the reason of, of going out and, and, and putting information out in a lot more channels is people prefer different formats. There are people who are listening to this podcast and not everyone listens to the podcast. A certain group of people listen to it and they, they relate to this. They might not go and watch YouTube videos and things. So I've seen other people who have stepped up their marketing and on YouTube become very, very 
well known, but actually their training's not that good really. And, mm. and, and they won't have the longevity, but guess what they got? So I've, we stepped up our marketing on online. I've created a podcast because I think, again, I don't do any sales pitch of that. It's just massive value about property. And I think I'm just building that long-term relationship. When they're ready, they'll come and do some training with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I, I think firstly, a couple of things. Well, firstly, just acknowledging the fact that there are other businesses out there, competitors doing things better and that you want to step up and actually adapt and evolve and bring your business forward, I think is something worth pointing out because I think many of us get stuck in our ways (laughs) and, you know, try to, we, we do what we do over and over and over again. And when a competitor comes out and does something new, we, we slag it off to a certain extent and think, actually, I don't need to be doing that. Like my way works and are not quick enough to change. So I think recognition for doing that, because I think it's that that's what I think shows how much of a successful business you run is by the ability to do that and to want to do that and to be okay yes. with adapting. And then I think exactly right. I totally agree with what you talked about in terms of different channels. As a, as a marketer, I'm always talking to clients around what are we doing that's audio? What are we doing that's visual? What are we doing that's uh, written form content? You know, what are we mm. doing that's actionable? And I can see that across your business. I can, you know, I do definitely the same. I have a book, I have a podcast, you know, yep. we have a blog, we've got our YouTube channels, um, we've got our online audits and quizzes and all that kind of actionable items that people can do. I know you have all of those items across your business too. Yes, and it's, yeah. it's for that reason, isn't it? It's for that reason yeah. that some people, I have people say to me all the time, like, oh, I, I love your book, but I'm not a very good reader. So I'm like, cool, listen to the podcast. Exactly. Because I cover all the same stuff and I interview people on top of that. So as a successful business, it's not about what we want to do. It's about listening to our audience, listening to our customers and going to where they are and delivering the value that we have. Right. So it's not, this is the other kind of marketing mistake I see a lot of businesses make, which is I really like, or, or people that say to me, I hate Instagram. Like I just want to do Facebook. I just want to do LinkedIn. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But is that where your audience is? Because if it is not, that's a waste of time. Or people say, you know, I I don't want to do video content. I don't like to be on video. It's like, okay, that's, that's totally fine. But the type of person that you're trying to attract to your business, do they want to consume video? Because if they do, no matter how much audio you do over here, if they're not listening to it, they're never going to become a paying client of yours. So it's about understanding your audience, understanding the person that you're trying to do business with and you moving into their space and delivering what it is that they need. It's less about us and all about them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think awesome. I love that you've shared that. Thank you, Simon. Um, Awesome stories today. Amazing to hear about your background and how you've adapted and uh, transformed the business and continue to go on to offer really great value to all of your prospects but also students I think you know even for me when I've graduated from mastermind it was 2017 that I finished three years later I'm still engaging with your content um, and it is still valuable to me so I think a lot of credit you know due there so thank you very much for sharing everything that you have I guess to wrap things up today is there any piece of advice that you would leave 
I guess we can focus this on our property audience because, as you know, we do a lot of work with property investors too. I mean, what sort of advice would you leave them with in terms no, of... No, I mean, you, you already, you, you covered some things, to recap some things you said, you know, recognise that just because you've been doing something before doesn't mean it's always going to continue to be the best thing to do. And I, I love your concept of the idea of adding digital to what you're already doing to enhance it, not necessarily replace it, but enhance yeah, exactly. it. exactly. So that's one thing. So look around at your competitors, learn from your competitors. Um, and if they're kicking your ass marketing wise, well, maybe you need to respond and, and step up your activity. You need to be known. If you want to be a property investor, I know a lot of property investors think, oh, I want to use social media to, to attract investors. Well, you need to be known. No one's going to work if they don't know you. So raising your profile, whether it be through YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, podcasts, whatever, raising your profile is absolutely critical. So people know you, they start to get to like and trust you over time, and then they might be able to work with you in the future. And I think embracing the digital side as well as traditional side of the business is something that we should do moving forward. Recognizing that the property market changes, the world is changing very much. I don't think the world will ever be the same post COVID-19 and it's about recognizing how do we need to adapt? How do we need to change? So we're up to date and still moving forward, still giving great value to people, still helping people. And I believe if you help enough people, give people what they want, you'll get what you want. Amazing. Thank you, Simon. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for asking me on. All the best. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was so good. Here are my top three attention grabbers from my conversation with Simon Zucci. Attention grabber number one, when there's uncertainty, you need to be marketing. I love that he said that. Don't hide away. Now is not the time to be hibernating and trying to figure out what to do next. We need to be front of mind. Now is the time to invest in marketing. Absolutely love that. Attention grabber number two, invest in yourself. Simon talked a lot about upskilling and you know, he told that great story just at the end of the episode there around what he did at Cadbury's and how he was able to be one of the first people to move into digital internet marketing. He talked the whole way through the episode on the importance of personal development and getting yourself the right support, building accountability around you, networking with people who are actually doing what you're doing. Um, so don't forget that. Invest in yourself. And attention grabber number three, give away the good stuff. Again, you guys have probably heard me drum on and on and on and on about this in previous episodes, but don't be afraid to give away really valuable content. Share your processes, show people how you do things, share the methodology. The more that your customers understand about what you do and they understand your level of experience, the more they will be impressed. So do not be afraid to give away the good stuff. I absolutely love that chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check out the show notes for the links to Simon Zucci's social media profiles. And why not pop up a message and just let him know what you valued from the show, what you took away from it, what was your favorite bit. I'm sure he would love to hear that. 